Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you could save. It's Friday, November 18th. Fields, Stefania and Mike here to not just recap last night's Titans-Packers game. Titans score a very convincing, awesome, typical Titans win over the Packers, 27-17. to But also we're going to preview all the games ahead for this weekend. How would you describe like the stage of where we're at in the NFL season? Are we in the dog days right now, Stefania? Uh-oh. Dog days makes me think of summer. Okay, that's a good <laughs> so point. Yeah, it does not, not feel there. like summer it's at all right now. not summer at all, Sorry. especially yeah. with a big uh, snow event kind of driving what's happening yeah, how about this that? weekend. Yeah. I know, but I guess we should mention it since like, that's the thing is that that game for Buffalo is now moved to Detroit. That's right, and we'll dive in. We, we yeah. previewed it yesterday, and so we said we when we were previewing it, we said, hey, we're going to assume the game is being played in normal conditions, not realizing that would necessarily mean Detroit, but it is officially being played in Detroit. Daniel Doppelbowl taking place <laughs> between the Bills and the Browns. The Bills couldn't even practice today. They've already canceled that, Mike. So, uh, But I would just say, assuming the game goes on as scheduled and the Bills can get there because the snow has started falling in Buffalo and it is ridiculous, probably a net benefit for fantasy, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. We would have been worried coming right down to the wire how much snow will be on the ground, how windy will it be, all those things. Now it's in a dome. Yeah, know, it's all systems go, and honestly, being indoors, they're gonna be there for two weeks. Yeah, right, because they got another yeah. game yeah. there on yeah. Thursday. So, yeah. if anything, it just will help that passing game flourish. So we mm-hmm. feel great about guys like we said we're borderline yesterday. The guys you have to keep an eye on if it is in poor conditions, like a Gabe Davis, for example, feel a lot stronger playing indoors in this game. So, all you that live out there in Detroit, do us a favor, like tweet at us and give us some suggestions that we can pass along to Bills players, coaches, and staffers because they are going to be there for four days. I think I can't imagine they'd go back to Buffalo uh, I, given I, the I snow. Think sure. I think oh, that's yeah, the, the snow. I right? think yeah. it's yeah. the plan, though. Okay, to stay there. Stay right there. So if you have any ideas of ways to uh-huh. spend four days in Detroit, if you're a high school or college friend or elementary school friend of Daniel Dopp and you're willing to host a Bills <laughs> player this week, this you could be like an Airbnb for the Buffalo Bills this upcoming week. We heard uh, Mama Mama Dopp's hotel is open, right? Yes, yeah, it is open. And she can so. cook. She's going to love you for that. Yeah. <laughs> so she, I mean, Daniel said it, so I'm just saying. Lots what, who, of pies. Who would stay there? Who, who do you Lots think they would pies. get along with her the best? Mm, okay, is it? so I'm trying to think. Um, for the Buffalo Bills. they got a probably lot of great Josh personalities. Allen. Probably, okay, probably Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen would be good, yeah. Vaughn Miller, great personality. You know, he's just just an ageless wonder he'd fit in well. They could talk about all kinds of things. They could reminisce about the Broncos days. They could reminisce <laughs> uh-huh, about uh-huh. all kinds of... There'd be so much fun to be had with Von Miller. Right? Are there no. any former Lions on the Bills? There's got to oh, be at least yeah. one. Right. That, that, would be, that would be who she We'd have to think about it. Yeah, um, we'll find one by the end of the show, I am sure. A former Lion. Marlowe. D. Marlowe, did he have a cup of tea with the Lions? <laughs> I think he may have gone Buffalo, Atlanta, Buffalo, but I could Maybe. be wrong. Okay. Anyways, I'm, just, I'm, we'll uh, I'm grasping I'm sure for straws. Ky- Kyle will get just Yeah, Kyle will have No breaking tables. Okay, Bills players, don't break Mama Dop's table. Yeah, that's right. That's It's a very, very valuable table and that. Uh, let's quickly recap Thursday Night Football game. Again, I mentioned Titans win 27-17. For the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, better at least. 19.1 fantasy points as he had 227 passing yards, two touchdowns. So the good news of Rodgers is, if you're looking for good news, like you keep getting the consistency of multiple passing touchdowns. He's done in 8-11 mm-hmm. games. The problem is, once again, Mike, no ceiling here for Aaron Rodgers. 19.1 fantasy points. He has under 230 passing yards in four of his past five games. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards in 16 straight games. That's ridiculous. I know it is, but progress, right? Yeah. Like kind of we're making that leap. He has 19 plus points in consecutive games. And, you know, in the off season, you know, a lot of what I said was essentially maybe if Watson's decent and he has Lazard and a little Tunyon mixed in and Randall, like maybe he'll, he's fine. Right. Like that's part of what the optimism was. Maybe Watson will work out for them. He hasn't been here all season. He's been injured, right? And now he's here, and suddenly Rodgers is starting to produce in fantasy. So maybe there's something there for a stretch run here. Maybe he can be a, a streamer or a back-end QB1. So I'm um, not going getting too excited. We have a long sample of him struggling this year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, still very touchdown-dependent, too. I mean, yeah. 227 passing yards he's and 19 a fantasy in a couple points. He sure has, yeah. But I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers looked great. Like, just talking about the oh, way yeah. he was throwing yeah. the ball. And, you know, they did a little close-up on his thumb. He's on the injury report every week because of his thumb. They showed he's wearing a little tape wrap, like a little thumb spike. It's just a support. But he's talking about it now. He's talking about his thumb is not Wobbly great. throws after And the it's game. cold, yeah. and you can see it. And he could have had more fantasy points in last night's game mm-hmm. if 
if he was throwing better. So I do think that's a factor. I'm glad uh, you said that because there were some throws just wide open. He completely yeah. missed. Like mm-hmm. that one to Sammy Watkins. I think sure. it was yeah, in the fourth yeah, quarter. That was one of I them. mean, he doesn't miss those. Like right. that was, I couldn't believe it. It, it, is, it is part of the, obviously, I think the problem early was who's he going to throw it to? Mm-hmm. Now he's got a guy who's pretty consistent and he's struggling to get the ball where he needs mm-hmm. to. So. so Aaron Jones, the other Aaron on this offense, has 14 fantasy points, nothing out of the ordinary for him, 40 rushing yards, six catches, no touchdowns, but still a useful night at 14 fantasy points. Alan Lazard had 10.7 fantasy points, five catches, 57 yards. You know, all season, it's been the touchdowns that have carried Alan Lazard. He had a season-high 11 targets. Seems like the Packers are starting to find a little bit of a rhythm with their passing game, as Mike just alluded to. But the most important part of that is Christian Watson, their second-round pick out of North Dakota State, who followed up three receiving touchdowns with two. So he kind of slacked on Thursday (laughs) night with only two touchdown catches, but four catches, 48 yards, two scores, He had six targets, 21.1 fantasy points. We discussed him at great length yesterday, just talking about how, as far as like late season lottery tickets go, we kind of classified him and Kadarius Tony Mm -hmm. is in this interesting tier of like play with very good quarterbacks, super talented guys. It just hadn't clicked for a variety of different circumstances up to that point. There could be something here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we said yesterday, right? Like this could be the real deal. This isn't a Nick Westbrook situation, right? He actually could be real because he has the talent. He has the pedigree and he's in a situation where he can play every down. And that's what we've seen. He's played over 80% of the snaps in each of the last two games for the Packers, 20 plus fantasy points in both. And moving forward, the Packers have arguably the easiest schedule for wide receivers, which is interesting. A lot of good matchups coming up for him. So can Lazard and Watson be fantasy starters going forward? Yes, absolutely. I think I think we'll be ranking Lazard as a borderline wide receiver too, and probably Watson as a three or at worst a good flex. Uh, as far as the Titans go, Ryan Tannehill did have a nice day. He had a really nice day, as a matter of he fact. He actually threw the ball yeah. really well. Great. I thought great. he looked as good as I've seen him as a passer yeah. in this game. My suspicion is that not a ton of people in single quarterback leagues were starting Ryan Tannehill. No. 333 passing yards, 19 fantasy points last night. As far as like a, a career evolution goes, like Tannehill used to be one of the best athletes amongst all mm-hmm. quarterbacks. He didn't run anymore. No, he doesn't have no. a game with more than twelve rushing yards this season. Well, now, he of also course, had the ankle injury too. Yeah. yeah, but even prior to that, right? He hasn't yeah. been running. He just but hasn't. He, if he wasn't running before that, yeah. he's not running now. He is not running. He had yeah. negative three rushing yards last night, and then Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry things plus more, plus plus more. Well, yeah, pop. yeah, <laughs> throw a touchdown pass because Derrick Henry is the man. His longevity is simply remarkable, and. He did have two catches for 45 yards. That was good. He's now just seven yards shy of tying his career high for receiving yards in a season. As if the rushing wasn't great enough for Derrick Henry, you get that added boost with a little bit of receiving. We don't need a ton from Derrick mm-hmm. Henry for him to be a top five running back. He has reasserted himself as one of the very best players in all of fantasy. Austin Hooper finds the end zone twice last night. He had not yet scored prior to this season. He's been a little bit more targeted of late, but still, as far as tight ends go, not quite in that lock-it-in tier. Yeah, uh, one guy not on here yeah, we should I mention. Yeah, I mean, Trailer yeah, Burks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we absolutely, I was like, didn't he have that 50-yard catch? I yeah, was like, hey, he, look at him coming Seven for 111 last night. Seven for 111 with that long catch, and if that was five yards further down the field, he might have scored a touchdown exactly. as well. Eight targets in that game. He has 14 now in two games since he's back from injury. He's third in line at receiver right now, but that will continue to evolve into a larger role. We definitely worry about volume and ceiling in this Titans offense, but there's a reason they traded Brown and used that pick on Traylon Burks, yep, right? He's supposed apart, to be their he? number one receiver, and he, he's coming around. He's available in 73% yep, of ESPN leagues. Him. Not a bad guy to scoop up and consider for your flex. Yeah, and and maybe not quite on the level of Christian Watson because A, Ryan Tannehill is not on the same level as Aaron Rodgers, and the Titans really can win a game where they throw it, like, what was it? five times with Malik Willis. Like, not that they'll do that with Brian Tannehill, but the volume in terms of overall passing attempts might be lower in Tennessee, but kind of in that same bucket Mm -hmm. as the two players we discussed earlier. This point of the season, what you're looking for are some guys that might be able to swing a matchup, and Traylon Burks fits that bill. Yep. Game preview time? Let's preview some games. Let's do it. We begin with Chicago traveling down to Atlanta. As far as lineup blocks go, Justin Fields, who has been on fire. We have missed quarterback three this week, and we might be too low, literally, because he has been quarterback mm-hmm. one in, what, two straight weeks for Justin Fields. He's been awesome. No major injuries here, Stefania, I don't Just think. Khalil Herbert gone, uh-huh. yep. you know, so he's away. Um, and uh, no, yep. I think that, I think that's it. You know, uh, Cole Komet had been on the injury report because of a thigh issue, but uh, upgraded on 
Thursday to a limited practice. Okay. And as far as question marks in this game go, Mike, I think people like David Montgomery, I think we're sort of pretty steady here, right? I, like, I bumped him up to lineup lock status with no Herbert. Yeah, right? I feel he's, the same way. He's, he's 15 plus touches in seven of eight games, and now Herbert's gone. He could be a 20 touch guy. So we'll see some trust in Emner. But as far as Bears pass catchers go, despite the fact that Justin Fields has risen so far up the quarterback ranks, mm-hmm. it's not like we're quite at the spot where you absolutely have to start a Bears receiver. But if there was ever a week, it's a really good one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Falcons, most fantasy points allowed to receivers this season. Fifth most of the perimeter, seventh most of the slide. doesn't matter where these guys line up. They're going to be in a good spot uh, against a team that has just struggled with personnel, whether it's injury or uh, ineffectiveness in the secondary. So uh, Darnell Mooney, he's been top 35 for his last seven games. He remains on the flex radar. Chase Claypool, can't trust him yet. We yep. want to, and at some point the playing time is going to go up, but he ran five pass routes last they, week. Five uh, pass routes. That's You can't start him. He, did you hear um, what he said about the route tree being more complex and what he ran in Pittsburgh and Luke Getzey mm-hmm. came back and said, yeah, we only wanted to give him a little bit at a mm-hmm. time, but that he was getting closer to diving in. So if that's to be believed, yeah. then I think his role will increase. But mm-hmm. Well, another example, though, like Christian Watson, even Kadarius Tony, and Traylon Burks, guys who go from limited roles to all of a sudden a much more significant right. role. The hard part is forecasting when that when. shift exactly. will take yeah. place. Right. And hopefully it happens this week and we can feel much better about Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool for the rest of the season. We mentioned Cole Komet, who actually leads the Bears in targets over the past two weeks with 13. Pretty good option there amongst uh, tight ends. Then on the Atlanta side, like I kind of feel like the conundrum for Marcus Mariota is the same every single week. I don't know that you can really assess when a good matchup versus a bad matchup takes place, Mike, because for Mariota, if he exceeds in fantasy, it's often because he's a runner. And how many defense do we know that are like awesome at slowing <laughs> down really good runners or struggle slowing down really good running quarterbacks. Yeah. When it's quarterbacks, you just don't know. You don't know. There's a lot yeah. of randomness with that for sure. So uh, yeah, look, he doesn't have a huge ceiling. He's gotten to 20 points only twice, but he has four top 10. So he's just, he is your prototypical streamer. Maybe your quarterback's on a buy. He's going to be out there in waivers and a lot of leagues. You could scoop him up and file him in for a week. You don't feel great about it but he can hold down the fort and get you 13 to 15 points. The streak is still alive. The Falcons remain one of four teams that have at least two touchdowns offensively in every game this season. I want them, I want them to be the last man. Standing I hope so. I hope so. Uh, well, the bills, maybe if they had the weather game would fall off that Ooh, list. They're still yeah. alive. That's the, the Browns defense the probably won't be the, uh, the answer to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> let's start to the, the Falcons backfield. Like, is there anybody that you can start now? Because they now have four guys playing all healthy, all active, does that mean Cordell Patterson goes from a player that we thought had real value at the beginning of the season to no value? Yeah, right now he's tough. I mean, you're a little higher than I am. I view him as maybe a flex option, but the big problem is a lack of receiving. He has yeah. 39 receiving yards on nine targets this season. That's it's crazy. way below what we could have possibly uh, expected. And again, to your point with the uh, four running backs, it's not like they're mixing in. I mean, Patterson played 22 snaps last week. Algier 30, Avery Williams 9, Caleb Huntley 9. I mean, that's a pretty significant amount of usage for four different guys. So yeah. uh, he's tough to trust right now. If you use him, you're really hoping that he finds the end zone. This could be recency bias, but I'll be hard-pressed to think of an offense that has been less fantasy-friendly than the Falcons are this year. Between not mm-hmm. utilizing top-tier talents and obviously Drake mm-hmm. London and also Kyle Pitts, plus this running back by committee by committee between these four backs right now, it is really yeah. tough to find someone to start and you may have noticed that we did not have Kyle Pitts in the lineup blocks. I think that's the first time all season. You can't do it, guys. Like, is it possible that Kyle Pitts finishes as a top five fantasy this weekend? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But I understand, like, the, there's venom that is, like, spewing from people who used a premium pick on Kyle Pitts because while he may still end up finishing the season as, like, tight end eight, it won't feel like that at all. And you do not draft him to be yeah. tight end eight, averaging eight fantasy points per game. You drafted him to be the next Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Yeah, no doubt about it. He does have seven or more targets in three straight, which yeah. is a point in the right direction. And we joked about this on the CSS DFS podcast yesterday. You know, we did our like other values at tight end and yeah. he's on the list because tight end is a disaster area. I mean, you add in the bye weeks, you add in the fat. Well, some teams aren't on that slate, of course, but also no Zach Ertz, no Dallas Goddard. Right. I mean, suddenly you're like, all right, Kyle Pitts has had some good games and he's seeing seven targets a game. He's a mid range tight end one. Suddenly, you know, he's just back in that conversation because the other options are so poor. So I have him sixth. I mean, there's just not a lot of good options at tight end. Yeah, but right this now. his catch percentage this year, if you had to guess what it was. 56 41 oh my god you know that ranks amongst qualified players 129 uh, of them very uh 127th 129 dead last dead last dead that's really last i mean mean, by the way that's a quarterback stat much more than it's a tight end stat right well it's also a usage stat you know he runs a lot of where are the targets yeah Yeah, exactly a lot of guys are short range which is 
partially excuses that, but not fully excuses that. It just it's yeah, hard to it's blame tough. him. And know? by the way, like I don't want to crush the offensive coaching staff because this team is still in the mix for its division. Yeah, they are yeah. playing the hand they have been dealt. I remain optimistic that a year from now, if there's a much sturdier, better pocket passer, that things will look a lot different. Mm-hmm. Just a maddening 2022 season. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the Jets and the Patriots. These two teams played recently. They play again this time up here in New England. Lineup blocks, we got two of them, both on the Patriots side. Ramondre Stevenson obviously has been awesome. And then Jacoby Myers. Let me just remind you that we have, at minimum, eight receivers that are awesome that are out this week because of buy or injury and potentially even more with guys like Hollywood Brown and Jamar Chase, very iffy, if not unlikely to play in their games. As far as the injuries go in this game, though, Stefania, Damian Harris, who hard to tell whether his uh, recent usage is more about the play of Ramondre Stevenson or just the hamstring plus the sickness and all that. Yeah. I mean, he's off the injury report now. So whatever, there's not any excuses as far as injuries, situation for him this week it's really a question of but I just don't see Ramondre Stevenson's been playing so well I don't really see it fluctuating he's the best why offensive player it? why would yeah. it change I was gonna say he's their best offensive player hard to not have Ramondre Stevenson stay in that role let's get to the Jets though Mike let's talk about this backfield because it's been a couple of games now with James Robinson now in the fold how would you size up how that backfield is divvied up yeah so I'm giving a an edge to Michael Carter for yep. now uh last the last time we saw the Jets it was 24 snaps for Robinson 31 snaps for Michael Carter Carter ran a few more pass routes Robinson had an edge of one in the carry department actually had one more target as well I think that's what you're going to see right kind of a, a little edge to Robinson in the carry department and Carter should kind of take the lead in passing situations it's going to be an even split they're going to use both of these guys for the most part uh, but the passing down work gives Carter the edge in fantasy it's a really tough matchup though Patriots second fewest fantasy points to running backs this season only two touchdowns yep. allowed to that position so I don't feel great about either but Carter I have as a as the better flex option tricky one here Garrett Wilson because Wilson was so good yeah. at the beginning of the season with Joe Flacco and then things really halted when Zach Wilson took over in part because they were playing awesome defense and running the football really well with Brees Hall they didn't have to throw the mm-hmm. ball as much he's been better of late he's got back-to-back top 15 finishes does that mean he should be close to a lineup lock uh, I wouldn't say lineup block just because of the nature of this offense and how Zach Wilson's been so up and down, but I have him 25th, and the last time he played New England a couple weeks ago, he had 115 yards. He also had 92 yards against the Bills on eight catches recently. So uh, he's trending up, and a big reason for that is that Corey Davis has been out injured, and he's still not practicing, yep. so he's probably not going to play. And Elijah Moore is just in the doghouse, right? He's not really playing. He's basically fourth. He's, Denzel Mims is playing over receiver. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, Moore, which, uh, by the way, that's where he should be. And that's where Braxton Berrios plays too. Yeah. So it's, he's kind of behind him now and maybe that'll change fine, but it's not like Moore was demanding a lot of targets anyway. Right. Yeah. Garrett Wilson has emerged as their number one, as long as Davis is out anyway. And for now he, yeah, he's, he's borderline. He's, he's a borderline lock. It's just tough to trust this offense. Uh, let's get to the Rams and the saints. As far as the lineup blocks go, how about this? Would you have thought that there would be just two in a matchup between the Rams and the Saints prior to this season? None. None, none. from the Rams. Cooper, we miss you. Yeah, <laughs> Alvin Kamara and also Chris Olave. Olave continues to be one of the brightest lights amongst all rookie players this year. Injuries to Fania. Cooper Cup, just a reminder where we're at and what the timeline is and what the likelihood is that we'll see him at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know the timeline. We haven't heard much about it since he had surgery this week to repair his high ankle sprain that he suffered uh, in last week's game. And we know that it's typically a four to six week injury can be longer uh, depending on the player. But at what point does it become relevant to bring him back? If the Rams are really completely out of contention, there's not necessarily any urgency to it. Will Matthew Stafford even be on the field to throw it to somebody? I, I think so because he's back practicing in full. This was remember last week it was they thought he might clear yeah. um, before the game. He did not clear the concussion protocol. That is, he did not. And then early in the week, he was still not around. But now he's back practicing in full. So I think see, that's a good omen. Did you see the quote? And not to get off the rails here from Sean McVay, that like someone asked him point blank, like when was Matthew just diagnosed with the concussion or was he diagnosed with the concussion? He was like inconclusive in his answer. Yeah, I think that. Uh, that's some of where we are right now. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's gotcha. not, not definitive. He had some symptoms, symptoms that you might approach as if a player had a concussion. Once that happens, you have to go through all the phases before you can return. All righty. Yeah. I, that one, I mean, not that I'm a medical expert, but that one was, I was like, I don't understand yeah, I think, at all. I, I think everybody's getting a little, um, 
more vague, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think it's if there's any symptom that remotely resembles what could be consistent with a concussion, they're going to treat it as such. Mike, if you want to play a Rams running back. No, I don't want to. Okay, thank you. That's what I was was going to get at is that the problem is you had three guys play at least 10 snaps the last time Mm -hmm. that they took the field. 34 snaps for Dale Henderson, 21 for Kyron Williams. Mm -hmm. Maybe Kyron Williams' role grows by the week, but as we were talking about with Chase Claypool, like, Maybe it does, but until we see it, how can you really put value behind a player who has one actual game under his belt Mm -hmm. and an offensive line that has been dealing with injuries to seven of its top eight players this season? I would prefer not to play any Rams receiver, Rams running back. Would you play any Rams pass catcher, though? Like lump the tight ends and the wide receivers Mm -hmm. into this conversation. Look, I I hate to say this, but... You're in on Allen Robinson. It could be. It could happen now. It could happen for Allen Robinson because he might get six, seven, eight targets a game just because he has to, right? So uh, what I looked at, and I think you and I were texting about this maybe, about the routes run after Cooper Cup left the game, or was that a different one? I don't remember. Uh, We were talking about the Chiefs. Oh, there was the Chiefs. There was the Chiefs. You were texting about after Juju went out. Probably the actual fantasy expert that you trust is who you're texting <laughs> yeah, about. That's, the, that's the what Rams. it was. Yeah. yeah, I was like amateur stuff with field, and then I talked to you right, know, right, other people right. about serious stuff. But uh, uh, same idea, though, right? We were talking about when Juju went out, what it looked like. Well, when Cooper Cup went out, it was Ben Skoranek ran 16 routes. Uh, Robinson was 15. Van Jefferson was 14. And then uh, Brandon Powell was two, right? So there's a clear big three there that they utilize, which they like to do. They right? yeah. They love 11 personnel with three guys on the field. So those were the clear three. Um, I was also looking at who was in the slot, right? Who was taking those Cooper Cup, uh, those Cooper Cup routes and snaps. And it was pretty much split, 80, eight each between Skronik and Robinson. So That's interesting. Um, I'm thinking receiver by committee. Yeah. And I'm thinking that Robinson will probably see enough volume as their de facto number one to be fantasy relevant and hang in that wide receiver three conversation. But Skronik has some sleeper appeal because he's just kind of, you can make the case he's been ahead of Robinson this season, right? So, and the better player, frankly. So uh, I think he's not the worst bench ad. I don't feel super comfortable starting him yet, but Robinson, this is a shot. If he doesn't deliver now, I mean, it's just a, a wasted contract, basically. I, I think just can't that- wait till Sunday. When uh, Mike Clay and Tyler get to talk about this. Oh, my God. The two are going to be. Uh, no, I, mean, I have my asterisk uh, ready. Hot air. Ready. Yeah. So I think one of the interesting, here's like the, the dynamic that I will be watching on Sunday for the Rams, is that so much of Cooper Cup's production is because Cooper Cup is the man. He's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part of it is because I think it's just sort of muscle memory for Matthew Stafford yeah. that when he the play begins, right away. I'm going to look for number 10. Because as we have talked about many times, no one can cover this guy, despite the fact that he's been the most prolific receiver for the past year and a half. What happens now? Is it that whoever is running the Cooper Cup routes takes on that lead role? Because it seems like maybe Ben Skronik could have a shot at that at that Cooper Cup role, mm-hmm. who's not the talent of Cooper Cup, but a useful and sort of nifty player who's done some good things in terms of versatility for the Rams. Maybe Matthew's mindset goes to... Ben's a good, solid player, but Allen's been around for a long time. Like, does his trust just grow almost subconsciously for in Allen Robinson this week? Because he has to. And I'll be mm. watching that one closely this week. I think it's a really interesting situation to follow up on. I do think Tyler Higby has a better game as well for the Rams just because, again, they need him to, and he did have eight targets and eight catches this past week. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back and talk about the Panthers and the Ravens. A couple of major, major injuries for Baltimore. But first, let me tell you about Geico. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Yep. Of course you would, Mike. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico's an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Pizza, pizza. Can you tell the story real quick, Stefania, about about the the actress in the Matthew Stafford commercial? It's actually funny. It is funny. It's about the power of the pod. And credit to everybody out there who, you know, listens to the pod. We never know. We were so appreciative of our fans. But we Mm -hmm. were talking about that ad. Mostly your fans. They're mostly for you. 
we were talking about the Little Caesars pizza ad, and mm-hmm. of course Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford's yeah. in it, and then you see them coaching him on and how she's to hilarious. say. And yes, and so you see a woman with the headset on, and it's pizza, 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 pizza. You know, better. She makes him do it over and over again until he gets it right. Well, her name's Gwendolyn, and she's yes. on Instagram. And I mentioned when you guys were talking about her in the commercial. Oh, I follow her. She's hilarious on Instagram. She does all these bits where she does like 80s movies and yeah. she's like duetted next to it and she's interpreting it with like the outfits and the hair and the dancing. Hilarious. I love her. And so after we talked about the ad and how great it was, she reached out to me on Instagram and said that she heard from her husband that she was mentioned on the pod. But <laughs> that. So her Wait, husband- she slid into your DMs? Uh, well, you know, I that's how we were. Yeah, that's how yeah, we yeah. No, so, that, this is... so now we're best friends. Wow. No, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that? she was super appreciative, and she was like, she said it made her day that we talked about it on the podcast. Wow, that is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, shout out to Gwendolyn. Shout out to her yeah. husband for being yeah. a loyal listener. And you guys should go follow if you want entertainment. She's like, hilarious she's awesome. as well. Yeah. And so she, there's another commercial she has out now. So yeah, this is her thing. So do you ever, do you ever comb through your DMs on Instagram, Mike? Uh, not really. Oh, okay. mine are all mine you are should. all. Uh, mine, mine are like, dude, you start. Cre- you told me to yes. start Aaron Rodgers with a, with, a, with an emoji. It's not the ring finger. It's not the index finger. It's the finger <laughs> different between there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Stefania has celebs dropping into her DMs. Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah, I get. The, I mine get are all a little different. Okay, yeah, I get all yeah. kinds. Don't uh-huh. worry. She I get is. Those her, hers are all verified people. Yeah, no. we're just yeah. we're just yeah. random if people trashing our calls. People subscribe to Instagram Blue. We can have a conversation What's it cost? What's Instagram Blue cost? I don't even know. We're all gonna find out soon. All right. Yeah, go follow us all on Instagram, by the way. Mike Clay NFL, Stefania B87, is there an underscore? And uh, I'm no, not I, Field Yates. Instagram, I'm yeah. Stefania Bell. Just, just in case. I, you guys just may have cases, heard right. yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Field Stefania Yates. Bell. Yeah. Not Stefania B87. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're Stefania yeah. Bell now. Yeah. You, uh, you updated that. It yes. used to be Stefania B87. That is correct. Um, all right. You can, just, you can find us. Just search our names. You'll find us there in case that is the platform we have to use for information going mm-hmm. forward. Panthers and Ravens, you may have heard they're playing a game this Sunday. As far as lineup blocks go, there are three, one with an asterisk next to it. Dante Foreman for the Panthers, Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. You know he hasn't been a top ten quarterback since week three. Wow, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. Uh, he's been he's been obviously good, but not great. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Andrews, who has been great because he is Mark Andrews. But Stefan, is he going to play on Sunday? Uh, this is what he said. Okay, you never know. I've been dying to get out there. Now it is good that he's been back in practice. It's yep. still Don't limited, yeah. but he's not ready to commit or he hadn't been as of Thursday to whether he'd be able to play. Do you know he leads the Ravens with 42 catches, 488 yards and five touchdowns. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's unbelievable. Good. We yeah. would like to see him back out there. He also talked about how dangerous it would be when he and Isaiah likely were on the field together. So I think we may yeah. see some of that even when he comes Honestly, back. it'd be dangerous if just Mark Andrews was out there. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, we don't want anything to cut into his fantasy production, yeah. but I'm just saying, I think, you know, I think he's excited about what likely has done in his absence. I do think he's still got the two injuries, knee and shoulder, but I think we could see him back this and week. And John Harbaugh did express some optimism on yeah. that one early mm-hmm. in the week. Uh, how about the Gus bus? Is the Gus bus uh, the Gus? The, the Gus bus, similar thing. Limited practice or hoping to get him going. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Mike, Hamstring if, injuries are a lot more uh, uncertainty heading mm-hmm. into the If final. Gus is out, Mike, Kenyon Drake has value. If he's not, I don't think either one of them are anything close to lineup blocks. That's exactly right. They're going to use multiple backs. If if Edwards plays, you'll see some Justice Hill mixed in as well, yeah. right? They'll, they'll play 10, 12 snaps. So uh, in that scenario, I'd like to avoid... If uh, Edwards is out, though, look, back in week nine, when we last saw Drake as the lead back here, he had 26 touches. You don't see that often from Ravens running running backs, but they clearly trust him. 109 yards and two touchdowns in that game. He'll at least be an RB, too. So uh, not a bad guy to have on your bench. He's still out there in some leagues, too, and you might have an RB, two on your hands. If you're in a tough spot, uh, a guy to, to grab, keep an eye on Edwards' status. Yeah, no doubt about that. Kenyon Drake, he's like, uh, I mean, what is it about the Ravens? Like, what's in the water in Baltimore? Where, like, last year it was right. like, all right, so week nine lineup block, yeah. Devontae Freeman hasn't played know, nine right? years. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Le'Veon Bell might have eight catches uh-huh. this weekend. Didn't Meanwhile, Latavius Murray play Latavius Murray played well for yeah. them last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the Latavius is kind of playing all right for the Broncos, too, uh, out of nowhere. Um, Baltimore. Oof. It's just stuff, that was part man. of the it's optimism with J.K. Dobbins. If he yeah. could have just got healthy and stayed healthy, but you know, yeah. sounds like we're still a few nope. weeks away at minimum. There, is Stefania is glaring at me when I say no, that. I'm I told not. you, no, 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 Stefania no, was I'm on it. Listen, next year, I didn't. You people, you did. You spoke with your the way you looked at me. That's how you spoke. That's you're projecting. Pay attention, people. Listen, when Mike and I talk, you can you can listen to as much or as little as you want. Stefania talks, you listen. 
Them's the rules. Okay. Yeah, I've already met with Stefani to talk about how next year I could be better at my job by just listening to everything she says. We're working on that, okay? We're going to have some off-season meetings. We're going to make sure we get this injury stuff right in the projections next year. Uh, is is this the, like, is Devontae Smith DJ Moore or is DJ Moore Devontae Smith? Mm, I don't know if I like that comp. Okay, because you think Devontae Smith has more upside weekly. Yeah, he, he definitely does. Moore had two good games, okay. right? And they were both with P.J. Walker. And guess what? There's no P.J. Walker this week, so I am very nervous about D.J. Moore. And you might think, well, then why is he 23rd? Are you from 15th? Yeah, nine uh, receivers the, in the book. Yeah. It's just it's sometimes you have to follow the volume to an extent, right? And he is a 28% target share and a 44% air yard share. I mean, 44, that's a huge number. And sometimes you just have to chase that enough to consider a guy a wide receiver three. So um, he's a tough one. He's one of the hardest guys to rank for sure, but he hasn't, he really hasn't even been boom bust. He's just been bust except for when PJ Walker's been out there for those two games. And one of them was like, that was an overtime game. 63 yard touchdown. pass. He's, he's a tough one for sure. And he should have been, he's been such a high floor solid player player. for years. And it's just been ruined this year. Let's go to the commanders and the Texans. This game being played down in Houston and lineup blocks, a couple of players on the rise. Damian Pierce has been good for a while, but just seemingly keeps getting better. The big thing with Damian Pierce, hopefully a little bit more passing game volume and Mm -hmm. hopefully a touchdown this weekend. than Terry McLaurin right back inside the top 10 again, eight or nine or 10 great wide receivers unavailable, but still Terry McLaurin has earned that status. Look at his target share over oh, the past yeah. four games. It's Heineke? Oh, eight Heineke plus targets him. in every game. Mm-hmm. Seems like there is a real chemistry between those two players. And while Jahan Dotson did return last week, didn't play nearly as much. Like, by the way, it stands to reason. He's the best player on their team by far. Terry McLaurin. Is. Oh yeah. Like, get the ball to him as much as you possibly can. And Taylor can. Heineke knows that and he's taking good yep. care of him. And as far as the injuries go, Stefania, J.D. McKissick's been out, which is sort of like a sneaky, important injury for fantasy. Yeah, and he's not practicing. So okay. I, I don't think you're going to see him again this week. Brandon Cooks has been out in, in, a, in and out of practice, but yeah. like not entirely sure how much of it is injury-related. Well, the, and that was what we've been saying. We've been talking about this wrist injury since before the trade deadline. Yeah. But now he's got a hip, hip. Yeah. issue listed next to it. So there is probably something else there, but he was back as full participant yesterday. So I said just uh, availability that, right? wise. Yeah. I, it's hard to tell. It's, it's yeah. I was going to say a lot of things are with his status right now. It's just a very unique right. situation. The player is at odds with the organization and uh, maybe uh, some of the things that we normally can just assess for what they are, we can't assess for what they are right now with Brandon Cooks. All right, so on the commander side here, Mike, normally it would be tough to justify playing both backs, but this matchup with the Texans is the gift that keeps on giving. How confident are you in Brian uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? Well, I have them both in my top 20, Okay, so pretty good, and that, yeah. of course, assumes there's no J.D. McKissick here. So uh, against the Eagles, we saw Robinson have 26 carries in that game. No targets. That's going to continue to uh, limit his ceiling, but if he's going to get a bulk of the carries, it's going to help him. Antonio Gibson in that game still had 14 carries, and as well as three targets. We know that he's the preferred passing down back when J.D. McKissick is out, uh, but great matchup. I mean, great that's match. really why we like both yeah. of these guys. Most yards, fantasy points uh, to running backs this season, the second most touchdowns with 14 as well. The Texans have allowed four running backs to get to 30 fantasy points this season, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Four guys have gotten to that number. I mean, it's it's unreal. So 30 more rushing yards per game than any other defense allowed. Yeah. 30. Atrocious. Like if defense. you look at the gap between like 31 and 32, and Kyle probably know this better than I, it's like the same gap is like, like 12 to 31. It's yeah. absurd. They have just been a sieve on the ground against opposing rushing attacks. For the Texans, like, mm-hmm. just don't even bother. Come on. You're not starting a Texan other than Damian Pierce. Brandon Cooks has had minimal volume since week one, mm-hmm. really since like week two or three, and the upside's not there. New Collins found the end zone last week. Great. Great. He found the end zone. Yeah, but like, he's, he's flirting with flex territory, but remember, Cooks had missed some time during that stretch as well where yeah. he's been getting like 10 fantasy points. That was by far his best game. Not usually a touchdown score. Not yet, anyway. I could see a couple of Washington drives, by the way, on Sunday that are like Tennessee in the first half last night were like, Tennessee just sucked the life out of Green Bay. Like mm-hmm. the the first half was like twelve minutes long. I mean, not literally, but like it was really it was quick, nine yeah. twelve, and it was like a two minute warning. I was like, how is this possible? And this, because they had a yeah. ten and a half minute drive that ended with zero points somehow. <laughs> and this is what Washington did to Philly yeah. last week too. They just ran the ball a ton, and they're going to try to do that again. Uh, traveling this, on a short week, that's what you're going to want to do. By exactly, the way. and everyone tries to run against Houston as well. So that's exactly what's going to happen yep. here. They're going to run as much as they can, and Houston's going to do the same thing. 
Raiders, Broncos, the Disappointment Bowl takes place in Denver <laughs> on Sunday, the second time these two teams have played. Lineup blocks, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders, Devontae Adams for the Raiders as well. Worth noting that Javante Adams could maybe, Mike, see a Patrick Sertan the second shadow, yes or no? Uh, yes, I do think he will in this one, um, but it's also Devontae Adams. Yeah, so, no, no, and, no, and, just, just a no, heads up. No, I, mean, I know. Daily saying, fantasy like, avoid, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you can, but I mean, he went over 100 yards when they played the first time. Okay. So, I mean, he was fine. Maybe I mean, Sertan is awesome, and if if there's a week where Adams could get shut down, maybe it's this one, yep. but it's still Devontae Adams. So you're starting him and you feel pretty good about it. All right, Stefania, Jerry Judy, he has not yet practiced for Denver. Has, is that correct? He has not yet practiced. So. It tells you what you think probably, yeah. right? I mean, we'll see. They made it sound like it was minor, but when he went down, it certainly didn't look that way. Didn't and sometimes way. you don't know until you get out and test it. So let pay attention to what happens on Friday, but certainly not encouraging so far. And obviously Darren Waller is still out. Mike, you think Foster Moreau showed you enough last week that he's like a mid-tier tight end too, or what? No, he had 43 yards in that game, scored a touchdown. It was his first game with double-digit fantasy points this season. So yeah. he's a, he had a lot of duds, the games Waller missed earlier this season. Finally had a decent one. The only reason you're considering him is because of what we talked about earlier, which is no tight choice. end is no a ends. dumpster fire after yeah. the first few. <laughs> but 23 targets over the past four games is not nothing amongst tight ends. No, but, I mean, what's what conversation is he in? He's in Tyler Conklin. And yes, well, for those that, of us you know, that play uh, in the War yeah, League, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like, I'm well, sorting okay. Gronk. Yeah, we're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a 16 team league, league. Yeah. he looks great. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, I'm sorting Gronk otherwise, so it's tough. <laughs> we have him, uh, six, we both have him 16th. I mean, that's what he is. He's yeah. like a, a good tight end two right now. As far as the, but so you, I'm assuming if there was a tight end in this game that you were starting, it would be Greg Dulcich or yeah, yeah, I would, I would lean Dulcich. He's coming off a dud, but before that was pretty good. Still out there in about half of ESPN leagues, and you would presumably he'll just get better, right? He was a top 12 scorer. The first three games had the dud. The targets haven't been there the past couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, it looks like a good player. Rookie tight end just continue to get better, and it's a good matchup against the Raiders, right? Yeah. Fifth most fantasy points to tight end, so I do like Dulcich. Uh, as far, so, Broncos, listen, if you want to ride the Russell Wilson train, go ahead. Have fun. It's probably not going to work out that great for you because he's been terrible this season. That's your prerogative, though. Uh, the backfield, Mike. Is this well, hold on. on Russ, though, he's, he's had, had one, one big game, game against the Raiders. So you're buying in? This week, yeah. I would stream him this week. Okay. I mean, the Raiders, again, same stat. Just keep updating it. They've allowed 17-plus fantasy points to every single quarterback they have faced. And, of course, one of them was Russ, who had, I think, 24? I think yeah. 20, 27. So if you're a Tua or a Brady manager and you're looking for somebody to mm-hmm. step in this weekend, it could be Russell yeah. Wilson. Can you? Like, if we're going to use him. in 2022, and we're like, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not Russ. Like, yeah. Imagine yeah. that conversation two years like ago. Like I have Russ, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Tom, Tom Brady, Brady, Matthew right? Stafford. I don't <laughs> do know. I like yeah. they're, all, they're all terrible. <laughs> uh, is the Broncos backfield anything different than like the Rams backfield, Mike? Uh, no, because we saw Chase Edmonds have some involvement in his first game with the team, and, and that could increase. We still saw Melvin Gordon kind of have the lead there, 39 snaps, 26 pass routes. So yeah. he still kind of kept control over Chase Edmonds in that department. That's enough for me to rank him as the preferred flex option, but you're not going to feel great about any of this, especially if they're trailing. What if they're trailing and they're like, all right, let's take a look at Chase Edmonds and yeah. put him out there in obvious passing situations. That's a real risk here. So uh, I don't love it, but again, if you have to pick one, it's Gordon. Yeah, and my preference would be to start none of them. Uh, that yes. would be my preferred option here. And then Cortland Sutton, Mike, who you mentioned how Russell Wilson had a big game the last time. Do we expect that Cortland Sutton can go off because he's been sort of heating up of late? And if it's a good yeah. matchup for the quarterback, you would think it's a good matchup for his clear-cut number one wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. And I have him 13th, and the reason for that is partially because Jerry Judy is dicey for this one, and yep. I'll be surprised if AJ he plays. Hamler's out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, I mean, if Judy does come back and practices and plays, I'll, I'll downgrade Isn't Kendall Sutton. Hinton also questionable? Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, that's the reason I'm so high on Sutton is, though, He's going to have to see all these targets, and that's what we saw last week. He had 11 targets in that game. Uh, also, again, rematch with the Raiders. The last time they played, he had 16.2 fantasy points, one of seven receivers that have hit uh, 15 points against him this season. So, again, they struggling against the pass. Sutton should see a ton of targets. I think he's back in the lineup lock conversation, at least for one week. At least for one more week. Somebody's going to lose this game. Well, I guess it's yeah. a tie, but... The loser of this game will either be two and eight or three and seven. Wow. That's remarkable. Remember before the season, it was yeah. like all these teams biting at the angles yeah. of the Chiefs. So much for parity. Nah. nah. Mm. Chiefs still in a tier of their own in the AFC West. We're going to discuss the Cowboys and the Vikings in a second. How, how many on. teams in the NFC East and AFC East are below 500? I know the answer to that one. You do? Yeah. You know? I don't. Zero. Zero. They're all the 500 or better. Who would have thought? Yeah. 
And the West has two teams that could be picking top five. And by the way, I expect that to hold after this because there's no team in the AFCs that could be below 500 after this week. And I think the commanders win. So it could just be that all teams actually could be above 500 Mm -hmm. by the end of the week, right? The AFC playoff race right now. All, all four, three, yeah. All yeah. four AFC's teams are in right now. All three like, of the wild card spots are the unbelievable. Bills, Jets. I think the Jets actually have the tiebreaker over the Bills, right? So Jets, Bills, Patriots is the three ridiculous. <laughs> it's exactly uh, how we thought it oh, would of course, play out. Just of course, this right? is the most. Started, this is yeah. the hardest season to predict <clears throat> ever. I mean, yeah. it didn't seem ever. like it really on before every the season, level. but yeah. it's wins just, and fantasy production uh-huh. and every, yeah, terrible. yeah. What a year. Yeah. Anyway. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. This week's Hot Ticket is the Cowboys heading into Minnesota to face the hottest team in the NFL. Speaking of hot teams, man, the Vikings. They are ridiculous Ridiculous. right now. They have a seven-game winning streak, of course, the longest in the NFL. A lot of lineup blocks in this game. This is the most fantasy-friendly game of the weekend. CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to ask Stefania about Justin Jefferson here in just a second. Injuries-wise, Stefania. Zeke Elliott, uh, it sounds like he's going to go. Yeah, you know, last week we heard a lot of encouraging talk from Mike McCarthy about, oh, Zeke, he's close, he's close. But you heard from the player that he did not feel great. And when you're hearing from the player that he feels like he needs more practice reps before he gets in the game, I think that tells you everything you need to know. Zeke's always been pretty straightforward about how he feels. And this week he says... He's definitely very optimistic about this week. Barring any setbacks, I think I'm in a good spot. He's going to be wearing a brace. Remember, he had that knee hyperextension with a bone bruise, stressing the same knee that he had a problem with before. He said this was a little bit different type of an injury from last time where he thought he could push through it, but he was less productive. This one, he really needed to rest it to get to where he thought he could play, but now he feels much better about it. So uh, Mike McCarthy did say he had a really good practice on Wednesday, and so everything has been positive around Zeke, and... I I think he will be better stepping back in after this than he was last year coming back from what he came back from. When I first heard that Justin Jefferson had been put on the the Vikings injury report, <laughs> yeah. I assumed back. Yeah, from carrying, carrying right, right, like right, the right, world right. of football on his back, right? Uh, but it's not a back injury. No, it's, it's a, a toe, toe injury. injury, which can be really problematic for a receiver. Um, he's had limited practice, but. I will say he said his toe feels great and he's ready to play. So whatever it was, it appears to have been relatively minor. I did move him all the way down to wide receiver one for the week because Oof. of this toe injury. So a pretty dramatic impact there for Justin Jefferson. Wow, you're a I, will, yeah. I will say they do play on Thanksgiving. So I think yeah. if there was any question about him, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in as questionable unless he just has a full practice today. And he's very confident, but. It always makes you worry when they have such a short week that follows. Catches it. your attention at the very least. Cowboys backs, Mike. Bad news. I mean, it's great for Zeke that he's getting healthier, and obviously he's a guy that's spent a lot to the Cowboys on and off the you know on the field for sure, on mm-hmm. off the field for sure. But this is a situation for fantasy where it gets a lot dicier, and it becomes basically two guys biting, uh, taking away the value from each other. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer uh, to have clarity, but right now I think this puts you get two flexes. You get two biceps, you flex them both is what happens with the Cowboys running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's hard to pick one. I think they're basically even in fantasy value because you look at Tony Pollard, eight, he's been between eight and 14 touches in every game yeah. that Zeke has played so far this season, but he's the preferred passing down back. And Zeke is a non-factor as a pass catcher, though he is averaging 16 and a half touches per game and has three touchdowns in his last two outings, right? So his rushing volume has been good. He's been finding the end zone. The offense has been better. So it's a close call. It's basically a toss-up. They're both flex options. If I had to pick one, I'm going to give a slight edge to Zeke. But again, it is very close, closer than we thought it would be. So the Vikings on paper look like a good matchup for quarterbacks, but could there be something misleading in the quarterback numbers there, specific to the fact that they've kind of been carved by good running quarterbacks yeah I'm, I don't I'm not too worried about that right because if you face a lot of running quarterbacks they'll pull it down and run if you don't then they'll do that damage through the air right so uh at the end of the day they've allowed the third most yards to opposing quarterbacks and the 10th most fantasy points so yeah some of that's been on the ground but Dak sometimes adds value with his legs too we saw that a couple weeks ago right at a really good fantasy game uh, I think it was QB3 that week and a lot of that damage was done with his legs so I'm not too worried about that uh season I and touchdown passes last week 19 plus fantasy points in two straight for Dak Prescott got more passing last week that's what we've been asking for we want them to open up the offense a little bit so we're getting there we're getting there with Dak and hopefully he can kind of cement himself as a weekly QB one and did I see somewhere that you think Michael Gallup could be in for a sneaky nice day I think so I think so uh Cam Dantzler out and Minnesota's allowed the third most fantasy points to receivers so uh, he's just Gallup's been a disappointment we thought once he came back and I uh, let me let me rephrase that. I don't want to say disappointment for a guy off an ACL, right? It's just taken some time for him to get back to 
uh, consistent fantasy relevance. The production hasn't been there. Scored the touchdown in his first game back, but since then it's been pretty quiet. Five targets and 6.5 fantasy points per game. Not what we want out of Michael Gallup, but with a good matchup, he's trending up a little bit here. I would just remind people, he came back early. And yeah, I remember yeah. saying when he when he was coming back, wow, this is early. And you remember, he sounded a little apprehensive at first. Remember, he delayed it. He delayed it. He yeah. pushed for more practice. Comes back, has a great game. Everybody's like, whoa. This, well, has had a little stiffness and soreness and things that you just are not surprised mm-hmm. when you hear it after ACL. And and he might get better as the season goes on, but this is kind of mm-hmm. what I expected. You certainly hope he can sort of hit that stride late in the season because while he's not as young as all those players that I was mentioning, like we've seen Michael Gallup be a really, really good player Mm -hmm. in the past and he could be one of those late season lottery tickets as well. Do you have a live read over there, Mike, or no? I do not. Okay, well, let's keep I have the day off. I'm just going to sit here and relax. Okay, (laughs) sweet. All right, so we'll uh, keep things moving then. Bengals-Steelers game is being played in Pittsburgh, a rematch from their week one matchup. As far as locks go in this game, I've got five by my count. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Pat Fryermuth, the only Steeler. There's a very, very critical injury in this one, Stefania. It is, of course, Jamar Chase. Where are we at with his yeah, recovery? Yeah, still dealing with the hip injury and not practicing. Jeremy Fowler reported yesterday that people he's talked to said they have an eye on week 12. I think that tells you you can already assume he's not playing this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. No expectation for him to play this week. Tyler Boyd obviously steps into a much, much, much bigger role. Can this Pittsburgh offense get things going at all, Mike? Like, at all? <laughs> I mean, have, I, mean, have I shared this stat with you? The longest touchdown they've scored yeah. this year? Yeah. What was it? Uh, eight yards or yeah, something? Yeah, they, they have not scored. Yes. They, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so weird. Uh, I mean, you have a rookie quarterback. He's only made a few starts. Maybe he starts to progress and they yeah. start to be more productive in the passing game. But they're also in a bit of a rebuild mode. Mode, And they traded uh, Chase Claypool, which kind of cemented that, right? So it's going to be a work in progress. Also, one of your... Top offensive playmakers is a rookie and George Pickens are trying to get him more involved. And you have major questions at running back because Najee Harris just has not been as productive this season, not to mention the off-discussed offensive line issue. So, I mean, what we're hoping for from a fantasy perspective is funnel targets to two, three guys, Fryermuth, Pickens, and Johnson, which we expect. And hopefully one of Harris, ideally, kind of takes more control of the backfield, right? It's been kind of a split right now. We want him to take most of the carries, and then we can feel good about at least some of these guys. Yeah, and it's surprising that Najee hasn't had as much passing game utilization. Mm-hmm. He had zero catches last week. He yeah. had 99 rushing yards. That part's pretty solid, but you'd like to see him get like two to four catches per game, right? Mm-hmm. It's still Najee Harris. He led the NFL in terms of running back receptions last season. To say that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is a tough watch to put it kindly. <laughs> Let's talk about a fun offense to watch. Two of them, actually. The Chiefs and the Chargers, and there are some significant, significant injuries in this one. But as far oh, as yeah. the lineup blocks go, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. I want to ask Mike about Justin Herbert here in a second. But injuries to find you. A whole bunch of them on the yeah. Chiefs side. Let's you begin with notes. wide receivers. Yeah. When you have so many, you're like, okay, gotta look. So, reminder that Mikul Hardman was placed on injured reserve this week. Uh, Interesting because, one. Yeah, well, he had that abdominal injury and then he had an illness, but sometimes these abdominal injuries turn out to be more significant than you thought. They may have thought, who knows? That Don't know how they're managing it, but they decided he would be out for multiple weeks. Okay. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's been on the injury report, also with an illness. There's a couple clubs, by the way, that have illness running rampant through it. This is that Bills time of year, yep. flu season. Uh, we, we see this happen. So, um, But he did come back to practice on Thursday, so Valdez Scantling back in practicing. Um, let's see, who else? Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster with a concussion. Uh, he left the game with the Jags against the Jags last week in the second quarter, and he did. Uh, he was talking and chatting with players after the game, so that was all very encouraging, but still not practicing this week, so I don't think it looks you know, terrific. For okay. You. Well, we're going to do a chiefs wide receivers conversation here in a second. Chargers wide receivers to find yes. more and, injuries there. Yeah. Keenan Allen. How do you guys know how many, how much he's played this year? I'm guessing like two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One game and a half a game. That was it because he mm-hmm. had the one game. He tried to come back and he played half a game and, and really didn't feel great. And he had said that he felt good going into the game, but he knew he couldn't be fully explosive. And this time he wasn't going to come back till he was hundred percent. But when they went into the bye week, if you recall, he had an injury training during the bye week, so uh, setback for that hamstring, as so often happens. Um, he is back practicing, and this is the first time that he's had two consecutive days since all of this came up. Uh, so we're feeling like there's a chance that Keenan Allen does come back this week. Remains to be seen. It's not definitive. And then Mike Williams, of course, out because of the uh, 
the high ankle sprain, but limited in practice. So actually doing some things in practice. So maybe they could play on Sunday night. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We yeah, shall I'd see. be surprised with Mike Williams just uh, the way the injury looked. I, that one, that one, that one would surprise me. Did you actually Lindsay Theory put out a tweet yesterday that I thought was really kind of shocking to tell you how little they've all played together, how little they've had their offensive pass catchers uh, stars on the field together. Only forty three plays place this season with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field together. Mm-hmm. 7% of their total offensive place. And you wonder why Herbert's been a little underproductive in fantasy, yeah. right? I mean, Amazing. it's tough. So just, we had him in lineup blocks. How confident of a lineup block does that feel for you for Justin Herbert? I, it's still Justin Herbert. He's still one of the best in the business. We know that at times he can add value with his legs. And the big one here is the Chiefs have given up a ton of production through the air because they're the Chiefs and they're always ahead in games and we know Herbert's going to have to throw it a lot. He also had a, I don't have it in front of me, but he had a big game against them the first time. I think it was three touchdowns and 340 yards. He shattered his ribs during that game. Yeah, right, right. Uh, That's right, yeah. So, um, you know, we've seen this before where he has to throw against the Chiefs and is productive in fantasy. So if I have him, I feel decent starting him and that will be the case regardless of who's at wide receiver. So, Mike, I think with uh, fantasy, it's good to sort of manage expectations and know what you are after. And I think when it comes to the Chiefs backfield, I don't think if I were starting <laughs> any Chiefs back that I would be chasing 20 fantasy points. No, I, I would feel cha- great. You know, it's it's game script dependent, too. It's going to just depend on what's happening in the game. If the Chargers jump ahead in this one and they're trailing, we're going to see a lot of Jarek McKinnon. We'll yeah. see more Clyde edwards helaire than the four snaps he played last week. And Andy Reid's already saying they need to use CEH more. That doesn't matter. What does that mean? 15 snaps? 20? Like, it's not going right. to be Up the point six where, you, where you feel great starting him. Exactly. So, uh, and of course, if they're leading in this game and they jump up 14 nothing, we're going to see a ton of Isaiah Pacheco, right? He's going to be on the field a lot, carrying the ball, getting 15 carries and no targets. Right. It's just frustrating all around. They're us- utilizing a ton of backs here. Uh, Pacheco might start, but again, he's just, the lack of passing game involvement makes him basically... Gus Edwards and a little bit of a better offense. Yeah. You know, it's just not, it's not a great situation. If you can avoid all of these guys, you should. Uh, we have Pacheco slightly ahead of McKinnon in our rankings. And I obviously, flipped. Yeah. You, yeah, you have a flip, but McKinnon, again, it's McKissick. a toss up. It's a toss up and the chargers are a good team. So maybe it is a week where it's yeah. close or they're behind and McKinnon plays more, but he hasn't been good in fantasy either. He's like yeah. one good game. So, Avoid this situation if you can. Yeah, I think we can in this J.D. McKissick. You know, you need five or six catches from him, and you're hoping for, like, 12 fantasy points. For Pacheco, like, you're going to need either 125 rushing yards or a touchdown mm-hmm. to break double-digit fantasy points, most likely. He's and just... Yeah, and who knows going to be who, who will be on the field when they're near the goal line because you might think, all right, they're at the two. They'll just run it in with Pacheco, but they might throw it to CEH. You know, Dude, they might throw it to Nick Allegretti. Uh, yeah, it's an offensive yeah. lineman yeah. because they're the chief. Shout out to Nick Allegretti, by the way. <laughs> Dude's got soft hands. The rare fantasy uh, shout out for yeah. him, right? Yeah. yeah, duh. All right, so if those two Chargers receivers do not play, we kind of know how things shake out. It's going to be Josh Palmer, mm-hmm. some DeAndre Carter. He's been on the injury report. Worth keeping an eye on that one as well. But if it's two Chargers wide receivers, you just play the two. Like of those top three, if two out of the three are available, you play the top two. If it's mm-hmm. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you play them. Although our Allen expectations have been lower just because we did see him start a game and not finish a game yeah. earlier on this season, as Stefania alluded to. Let's talk about the Chiefs wide receivers, though. This one's fun here, Mike. All yeah, right. Imagine a world where Juju Smith-Schuster does not play. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we are headed that direction with back-to-back DMPs and the concussion. That will leave Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Justin Watson, and Sky Moore as the top mm-hmm. four available wide receivers. Here's the player that matters there. It's Kadarius Tony, right? Because MVS has been playing a ton this season, recently found the end zone for the first time. I'm not saying he has no value, but it's not like I would throw MVS as like a top 15 play if there's no Juju. No, I agree with you. And uh, earlier this week, I was texting with Field Yates and yeah. he asked me what the routes looked like when uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, went out. And they were Watson, Justin Watson, 17, which will probably surprise some people. MVS, 16, Canarius, 29, Sky Moore, 9, right? Yeah. So they use four guys pretty significantly, to your point. Uh, if you're ordering them for fantasy, I agree with you. It's Canarius, Tony's the best talent and his role continues to evolve. Had the four uh, catches in 57 yards and a touchdown and 15 routes against Jacksonville. Also at two carries for 33 yards. He's been good so far. And if he's on the field and even plays 
50 to 70% of the snaps, that's going to be good enough to get him on the fantasy radar. So he's one for me. MVS, I would put two. Justin Watson, I would put three. Sky Moore shouldn't be near lineup. I can't wait to watch that one. Cannot wait to watch that one on Sunday night between these two teams. Uh And Kadarius Tony, he is absolutely electric. That much is for sure. Let's wrap things up with 49ers and Cardinals. That game is being played in Mexico City. Of course, Monday night football. A lot of lineup blocks in this game. Assuming they play. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyler Murray, big question mark there. James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins. Worth noting, though, that Conner, it's a really tough matchup for him, but still, you got to play him. Um, let's uh-huh. get to the injuries, Stefania. I'll start with Kyler. Big one there. Yeah, and it, uh, it sounds like they could wait another week uh, for him with the hamstring injuries. Not a lock to play, so yeah. uh, we don't know yet. Stay tuned, but they could opt to wait another week. It's very you know, just something to throw in there. I know we talk about the altitude. We talked the other day about how elevated the stadium is. Mexico City is over 7,000 feet. Dehydration is a real risk factor for aggravating soft tissue injuries. What's one of the biggest risks with altitude? Dehydration. And you just wonder. Is muscles, that gonna, yeah. And they didn't go back. They didn't go anywhere to uh, pre-train, if you will, for altitude. The 49ers are in Colorado Springs right now doing exactly that. So it's just curious curious yeah interesting we'll see. Mm-hmm. uh and by the way colt mccoy's been banged up too but it yeah. sounds like Sheffy said yesterday he's got a better he's got a pretty good chance to play if needed it seemed like based off of his reporting yep. there's been no quarterback movement uh, for the cardinals no like practice squad addition or anything so at this point of the week you'd be surprised if anybody was added hollywood browns to find it he returned to practice he did i ben believe designated because, for return off injured reserve but because he is not on the 53-man roster not obligated to be on the injury report. Right. So 21 days they yeah. have from designating him for return. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury did say he wanted to see what he looked like in full padded practice on Thursday. That's kind of their big practice of the week. He did come back for that. And to his point, he said he thought it was going to be a four-week injury, even though originally it was outlined for potentially six weeks, but also acknowledged you have to be cautious with this kind of thing. Coming back, seeing how his foot feels on the field, uh, what the playing conditions are like, again, is this really the game you want to bring him back when you're going to a stadium that you not you don't have a ton of experience with? You're playing at altitude. First game, he's only had a couple of days of practice. I just feel like it would be soon for him, but yeah. we shall see. It feels like it would be soon as well. If he does play Mike, is this lineup lock status right away? I'd have a hard time benching him. He's kind of in that Keenan Allen conversation, right, where you're worried about him being limited, but he's just so good. He's just so good. So, but how about I, if, if he does play? What does it mean for Rondell Moore's value? Does that mean all of a sudden he, the, the bottom drops out, and, and we're talking about a guy that's a flex consideration only? It certainly takes a hit in the volume he has seen as of yeah. late, but he's kind of a high floor play because they're going to manufacture touches for him, right? Yeah. So, but I am a little worried. And keep keep this in mind: Zach Ertz was hanging around a say seventeen to twenty percent target share. He's gone, and they might like when we first saw Cliff Kingsbury coaching and running this offense. The tight ends were zeros. You know, they just weren't thrown to them at all. Right, four receivers all the yeah, time. Yeah, uh, exactly. So we could be back to that if they don't trust Trey McBride for more than a couple targets. It could just be That's those three point. guys seeing all of those, all of the targets. They're not throwing to the running backs a ton right now either. So uh, it's, I think it's possible that all three guys will be fantasy relevant. Uh, if I was ordering them, it'd be Hopkins, and then you got you got to read the tea leaves on Brown. Is he going to play and be limited? Or is he full go? Those kind of things we're going to have to feel out. And then that will kind of determine where we rank him versus Rondale Moore. But for now, I would consider more and more of a flex option for this week. So last week, I asked you, what would it take for Brandon Ayuk to enter lineup block status? And you <laughs> said, well, hey, this is the first game with uh-huh. the big four, big five all available. Did you see enough from Brandon Ayuk that he belongs in lineup blocks? Well, our, the stat last week was he's been between 81 and 83 yards in yep. three straight games. Well, he's, now he's been between 81 and 84 yards in four oh, straight games. So he's just very right? consistent production, three touchdowns during those four games, six plus touches in all of them. I have him 24th. You're a little higher than me field. Uh, I do have some mild concerns that he's going to be a little boom bust moving forward, but he hasn't been for the last month. So for now, you got to fire him up. He's such a good player and and obviously been a big part of this offense. You know how like Stefania is just lighting up over here. She's like, my team rules. Yeah. Talk uh-huh. about me. Yeah, we're about to hit our stride. Look, I'm uh-huh. not gonna. I'm not gonna speak up because like the <laughs> 49ers having all like you said, big four, big five, like all of them on the field together, one time. So you know, until yeah. we yeah. consistently mm-hmm. have a healthy team, I'm not gonna. Say a word. And of course, Elijah Mitchell did play a ton last week, Mike. But I think what we learned is that 
he's got to fall into the end zone to be worthwhile, which might mean that somebody else like Christian McCaffrey is not falling into the end zone. Yeah, big uh, game script energy in this one in his stat line. Uh, uh, the first 16 carries they had, uh, 11 went to Christian McCaffrey when they were trailing, and it yeah. was a competitive game. But then they got the lead, and what happened? They they flipped it. Elijah Mitchell had 13 of the final 16 carries. So it may depend on game script going forward. I don't think Mitchell's going to have standalone value just because it's Christian McCaffrey, and he's going to play 70, 80% of the snaps. Right? He's just It's just going to be hard for Mitchell. Uh, to be a, a top 30 scorer unless he scores. Do you think the 49ers are disappointed that their away game against the Cardinals this year isn't in Arizona so that they can't do scouting of Super Bowl hotels to find no. it? <laughs> no, if they're smart, they're not doing any of that. Have you done any of that? Yeah, we are not getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, because they don't, won't need to. Do the Eagles will be there. Yeah. So wow. That, they don't, why bother? Oh if you guys play in the NFC Championship game. Oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. This, and if it happens in Philly... We're going. Oh, we're going. Oh, oh you got to go. Oh, yeah, of course. Totally. I mean, if it happens in the Bay Area. I'm can I going. can I stay in your <laughs> can I stay in your skybox or do I have to sit in the seats? <laughs> we'll see how Philly? you be. You're allowed in the box. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, anything else? Any closing thoughts here from you guys before we say goodbye and get ready for Sunday morning? Anything you want to uh, empty the bucket on? Um, I don't think so. I think we're, we're pretty good. Um, it's gonna be a shorter week next year. I yeah. can't believe we're already talking next Thanksgiving. Week. Yeah. Not good call. Week. Yeah. Next good call next from week. Mike. <laughs> just a little heads up. We're going to do a show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, which means that Wednesday will be like a Friday, which means that we're going to be giving you as much information as we have. It just won't be anywhere close to our full amount of information. We're sorry for that, but we hope you understand. And frankly, hopefully you'll be out eating turkey on Thursday and too tired on Friday to even listen to a <laughs> podcast. Fantasy Football Now, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, ESPN2, the entire way. She's Stefania. He's Mike. I'm Field. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday night. Until then, good luck. Get those lineups. So if it's in San Francisco, I can't come? That's what you're saying? But that you would be the Eagles really, no, really struggle down the stretch. I just don't oh, know yeah, how right. well you fans travel to the West. Wow. Yeah, the Eagles travel well. I mean, they do. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us advice that we really trust Bay Area lady always there to help she's not a cone she's your favorite gal she's the fun you pick